welcome to the life of a global desi the podcast that connects like-minded desis all over the globe by conforming to stereotypes and breaking them join us both on a journey as we uncover what it means to be a global desi keep listening on to our episode now hi arti how are you I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well as well. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, you know what I just thought about? Uh something that we all do uh, at my new workplace is this thing called socio emotional learning. So basically I work with an education non-profit and it's like really promoting this idea of socio emotional learning in our schools and classrooms which is having a healthy relationship with your emotions and really building a community around um just having all kinds of emotional support that you need right so it's a very different experience cuz we start off our meetings with asking each other how are you doing and then we all like share all the different emotions that we're feeling but also like not just it's not just good to let people around you know how you're feeling but also it's a practice to recognize how you yourself are feeling hmm. which i think a lot of us don't tend to do there's a huge list of emotions that we choose from and we pick from and i was just thinking like it's it's such a beautiful community that we're building at our workplace and it's so counter culture in so many ways because usually when you ask people how are you feeling the usual responses oh i'm good how are you yes i'm good too and then on with your day right uh, at your workplace or anything like that so this is just like very refreshing to feel this way and happens. yeah <laughs> going back to my workplace i think um you're absolutely right i use how how you're doing or any anybody i've interacted with also uses how you're doing almost as a greeting it's um, hey yeah. what's up hey how you doing it's less and of a question it's like or less inquiry more just a greeting hello it's, yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's almost like hello is too abrupt so you follow it up with hey how's it going and then all you say is i'm doing good how are you and then they say yeah everything's going great and then you kind of just move on even if you're walking across the hallway or you meet at the coffee counter or at your desk um so yeah we've definitely not promoted that culture of really sitting down and yeah. talking about it but i also think it's just a matter of like the industries that we both work in i you yeah. know mostly corporate strategy private equity these are like not places where people are sitting and chatting you up about how you is... t- tell me about it tell me about your day tell me about your emotional state tell right now so so that's life. not happening yeah, yeah. So yeah that's super interesting although like we were also like at our workplace quoting research that Google did around what makes the most efficient teams like efficient right or like qualities of a high performing team and i don't know if you've heard about this piece of research but they like did across uh, functional cross country like research in depth about what are some of the highest performing teams um, you know what are they coming with and what do they bring to the table apparently what came out of it was not was not like high performing individual teammates or like complementary uh, skill sets or not even like diversity within the team for different points of views the number one determining factor was actually psychological safety or emotional mm. safety that teams feel in actually being themselves and bringing their whole selves to work and 
also like being having the space to be vulnerable and uh, really like that's where you're building a community of almost this family or the sense of community and mm-hmm. that's apparently known to be the biggest driver of high performing teams yeah no As i i completely by agree Google. yeah <laughs> although like i may not have had too much experience being in um or i guess choosing to work at workplaces which have the whole concept of bring your whole self to work i do mm-hmm. have i've had that experience at business school where you know your learning team in your first year pretty much becomes your rock so six of us are put together based mm-hmm. on an algorithm where it's completely different backgrounds nationalities work background personalities and gender mm-hmm. ethnicity all of that and and i found uh, that that was very very well done because um i did feel like it was a completely safe space and it pretty much like helped me grow as a person and and i felt like that was the only time in my life uh, outside of teach for india of course where i felt mm-hmm. like i was part of a very very high performing psychologically and so you know socially safe uh, zone and i could bring my whole self to work so mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i've had that experience but that's good it's hard to come by and you should be grateful for it i am <laughs> i'm very grateful okay <laughs> and i'm noticing that we're at 5 minutes in exactly the, in the um <laughs> spirit of keeping this minimal what are we talking about today arti we are talking about why we should try minimalism and uh, awesome. it's an interesting topic um and and this is something that i have personally you know had a little experience with there was a phase in my life where um i tried minimalism for like a whole year if not two years um it was uh, a very interesting experience so yeah to start off do you want to fill us in with your research and your definitions <laughs> i'm sure you have done some of that because you always start off with that as usual listeners i have research on what is minimalism um and the exact definition and or, or origin and all of that so according to oxford dictionary uh in the academic sense minimalism is a term that was coined um uh, in the 1950s around the arts right so there was it was a trend in sculpture and painting that typically was called simple versus the impressionist and expressionist era before that which was like extremely intricate and um you know it was an avant-garde which is basically a new movement in music or the arts which basically had like very simple form that's at the essence of it right mm-hmm. but the way we use minimalism now in current cultural context is more from a lifestyle sense and lifestyle perspective where there's this whole new age idea or like woke idea about <laughs> living with less and simple living adopting a philosophy of really getting rid of excess uh, in your life living a life uh, based on valuing experiences more than worldly possessions mm-hmm. and And honestly not mm-hmm. defining yourself by the things that you own a symbol of prosperity or wealth back in the day right mm-hmm. uh, how many cars you own how big your house is i feel like now there's this counterculture movement where tiny home living is like all the rage um and like the netflix series tiny home nation i absolutely mm-hmm. love that and i love mm-hmm. the idea of owning a really small home that has just all the basic most needed things a friend of mine a very dear friend of mine she her philosophy is that everything in my house has needs to either have utility 
or it has to be beautiful it's either got utility or beauty one of the two things and if if any object does not fall in either of those two quality uh, two categories then i don't need it in my life hmm. essentially and obviously one of the new new age uh, minimalism gurus is like marie kondo right so what you said mm-hmm. about is it beautiful does it spark joy in your life that adds value to your life right you also have um a podcast around this called the minimalist and there's also a mm-hmm. netflix series called the minimalist yeah they have these two guys in it right i think joshua yeah. and i forget what the other person's name is but they are also promoting yeah, this entire cool. philosophy around asking that important question about do i really need this versus is this just something i'm holding on to or is this yes. something that i want and and something else that i saw in the documentary was also this idea of a lot of the times we hold on to things hmm. because they hold like an emotional value and then you say oh i am so emotionally attached to this thing because you know it was given to me by so and so and either they're no longer present in your life and so on and so forth but they really deconstruct that idea beautifully where they say that you know the feelings that you have towards that person are still there and you see you won't be seeing that object on everyday basis so a quick solution to that or this uh, idea of hoarding according to them is just take a picture of that object because mm. if you look at that picture of that picture even you will still feel the same way and you yep. don't need to own that picture essentially yeah i definitely started doing that after you know obviously being inspired by you and you should definitely talk about <laughs> the experiment that you did in your life yes. but i started taking pictures of all my birthday cards and greeting cards and really like you know recycle the rest mm-hmm. and i have pictures of it when i want to look at it uh, versus like lugging around years and years of greeting cards and letters and any physical paper object right yes obviously one might argue saying oh a physical book is so much better than a kindle or like actually touching something is you know mm-hmm. so much more tangible a tangible way of like experiencing something but still like i guess yeah i'm choosing convenience and functionality yep. and exactly. just um uh, practicality over <laughs> you know the strong emotional feelings i have towards it i mean if i really want to look at it i'll look at it on my phone and and i and i look at pictures all the time i get like very nostalgic looking at photographs she does pictures, <laughs> yeah she like randomly send pictures from like 10 years ago on the family and be like, group like hey guys she, like, 10 years ago this, this is what day we were today. doing <laughs> trust yeah. me i do that with my friends as well i'm always about <laughs> hey guys that. one year back we were doing this oh man look at 3 years ago we were doing this yeah. on this day so, so basically yeah. the goes to say that you can be yeah. both both practical and you know someone with a lot of feelings so yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> but, tell us about the experiment you did i'm excited oh, yes. to hear about it okay so um uh, it was when uh, actually i kind of felt like this strong um urge to be minimalist like right after my experience where i was on the antarctica expedition and i got back and i've always been like an environmentalist all my life so i kind of took it to this whole new level with the whole zero waste um lifestyle living in less than 100 items that you own so yeah, i like tried overall it. everything that you everything included the yeah. number of underwears you own the number of clothes you own like yeah. everything that you use so it was interesting and i really tried that and it wasn't difficult at all like in terms of hmm. clothes for me especially it wasn't all that difficult maybe because i had the advantage of having you in my life and i have <laughs> always borrowed things from you uh clothes wise like pretty dresses and things like that but in terms of the basic clothes that i owned that entire year 
people literally saw me in four kurtas at work that I only wore and my mm-hmm. mom and dad would actually joke saying like we are eyes are sore just looking at you in the same things <laughs> over and over again but I was just so into this whole idea of minimalism and like quoting Mark Zuckerberg and like Steve Jobs because they both have like literally a uniform that they wear right sure. like yeah so like Steve Jobs always used to wear his black turtleneck and Mark Zuckerberg Always wears a Zuckerberg. Sh- Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg's <laughs> fine. Thank you. <laughs> Zuckerberg always wears his grey t-shirt. I read about it. His grey t-shirt is apparently some thousand bucks or something. I'm not kidding. Oop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like made out of like supernatural fibers and like super oh, wow. okay. sustainable. A whatever. Counterintuitive there with yeah. what I was trying to go for, but still. So, uh, essentially, the whole idea there was. You know, you wake up in the morning and you don't have to decide what mm. you want to wear. Because yeah. what you're going to wear is like the cleanest pair of grey t-shirt that you own. Or like the cleanest pair of turtleneck that you own. And I had the same thing with my kurtas. Out of the four kurtas that I had, all of which I absolutely love, their design and all of that, it really defined me in terms mm. of style. But at the same time, those were the four kurtas that I had. And whichever one had was back from laundry, I would just wear that. Yeah. And so it took very little brain space in my head every morning and you could use that same amount of brain space for other things yeah so it was all a part of this whole um you know greener lifestyle that I was trying to lead that's how I adopted minimalism and it kind of extended to other aspects of my life like in terms of making my own toothpaste and Mm. all of that which I'll maybe talk about some other time (laughs) but yeah it was interesting and then it kind of I had to throw it out of the door because it often the whole idea of having just 100 items was a little too rigid, according to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like we really need to strive for balance in all aspects of life. And that's become my new mantra rather than just like, oh, minimalism, uh, you know, and sticking to rigid definitions. Um, and so that's that's been a healthier philosophy that I kind of adopted. And it basically was thrown out of the door when I did come to the US and, mm. you know, land of excess, but also because... You know, you needed a different set of clothes for different seasons. Like your autumn wear was totally different. And then winter, you need at least 10 layers. So being minimalist in winter, you know, in in the winter in Boston is a terrible idea. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I remember being so inspired by your 100 items experiment where I remember after that, I started literally donating or like, picking out everything from my wardrobe, kitchen, home, and literally giving it all away. And Nikhil was like so pissed off with this idea. He's like, what is what is happening? Where is all the stuff in our house? Like, why are we living like no like nomads <laughs> and yeah, like hermits? And um, I remember I did like this whole detox of my wardrobe where I where honestly if you think about it, um <laughs> You know, idea of consumerism is really mm-hmm. bombarded onto us, right? And and societally, it's just such a um, such an effective propaganda that you need to have more and advertisements Even promote that as well. Online, right? like big yeah. data, they have so much on you. Every time you log mm-hmm. on, like they will be always pushing some ad or the other, right? Like, yeah, and and just like the advent of consumerism, because like if you think about it, even a few decades back, it, this wasn't the case, right? This started with the influx of like 
industrial revolution where people had more disposable incomes more stuff was being made first of all right so mm-hmm. if people had more money they would buy more stuff and there was there was more stuff there was you needed to store it you and that was like almost associated with prosperity right like economies that mm-hmm. were evolving to be more prosperous meant that you needed to buy more eat more have more wear different clothes you know high like more brands and then this mm-hmm. whole concept of luxury just took over and for some reason it all felt like well it, only if you have all these things is when you'll have a a successful life or a happy life and and this this idea was pretty much force fed into into societies and i think now we're re- we're suddenly like at this place where I don't know if it's suddenly or it's like just evolved to be an area where we're realizing the that that our self worth isn't really tied to the possessions that we have, mm-hmm. and the ideas of success are really changing. It's it's more yep. uh, it's more to do with um, really having that balance. And do you have peace of mind? Do you have more free time in life? Yes. Do you have time for your f- time time for things that things that actually matter, right? Like mm-hmm. family, friends, being able to experience life to its fullest versus just having everything and still being mentally un- like not at a peaceful place yeah and i think that is exactly like that is exactly why our society's um response to that entire like couple of years or decades that we've been through is now oh mindfulness that's like the mm-hmm. buzzword right and minimalism i think also extends to like your mind um in the sense that just like you're clearing physical clutter from your life in order to feel like mentally better like even decluttering your mind is like super important that's why mindfulness vipassana like just mental hygiene is like an idea that is be- has become all the rage now especially to fight uh, fight like anxiety and depression that are just so prominent in our today's Uh, you know culture and day and age um and a friend of mine actually talks about this in a beautiful way she actually equates our mind as like a big house with a lot of small rooms or like even a doll house that mm-hmm. you you know when you see a doll house from the side and then you have all these tiny rooms and then imagine taking like a feather duster and actually <laughs> dusting each and every room of the doll house and we need to keep doing that for our mind from time to time you know and that's why practices like vipassana where you take a 10 day retreat once in a year to just pause slow down and reflect and look inward really are so satisfying in terms of um just helping you to add so much perspective in a world where you're just bombarded with content all the time yeah and and i think the funny thing is you know when you talk about this whole of minimalism and mindfulness all these are like the current buzzwords or at least have become super mainstream for the past couple of years the funny thing is this is this is a new like this isn't um, yeah. like the, none of this is like revolutionary ideas because if you think about it in olden times or before the industrial revolution people already lived like this right or, or the ascetic lifestyle of the yogi in ancient india or like early humans were generally living with less they were living with they were using what mm-hmm. they needed they literally built everything from scratch stoicism in greece yeah stoicism like, in yeah. absolutely right being balanced in your emotions yeah. in, in your physical like worldly pursuits and so we're almost like going back to that phase if you think about it and even life the generations before us yeah, yeah life <laughs> is cyclical right yeah. even before us uh, the generations before us i rem- like 
I don't think our grandparents were extremely uh, uh you know consumerist country has to our grandfather yeah, has this amazing obsession with collecting mementos or curios or like what are they or called just stuff. the shops that you know what, souvenirs what? souvenirs exactly. wherever he travels around the wherever world wherever yeah. around the world he has like we have like a mini version of every wonder of the world yeah <laughs> and the also house. i think his his generation was the one like i mean it was him in his generation where like he had the whole advent yeah, of just consumerism and, and travel activism. right he he oh, was yeah. a doctor who who you know lived in the uk then went to saudi arabia so like he, i guess he also had had access and that whole disposable income concept right yeah. whereas i don't think his cousins who had a more simple living or mm-hmm. you know didn't really throw like tons of money at stuff right mm-hmm. uh but but i think tatya is trying to find that balance too so you so think that's good. i, I don't hope think so. so at all he's very happy and like with living in his disillusions about yeah and life. honestly i don't think it's um I think part of minimalism also the one thing I understood also when I was on this whole phase of oh my god I need to get rid of everything um and have like I don't know 10 pieces of clothing or whatever that started becoming very unrealistic too because I realized that despite all of that I didn't really feel like there was less clutter in my mind because that almost became an obsession for me and so minimalism <laughs> doesn't mean doesn't mean getting rid of everything and literally living like a nomad but it really means um you know decluttering your life in a way or designing your life in a way where it is simple and freeze up time in your mind to do things that you actually enjoy and actually value or things that yeah. bring you joy yeah because so if 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 if, if buying if more have... stuff makes tatya happy then i think more about him right obviously yeah, but absolutely <laughs> it's kind of counterintuitive that um yeah we're all talking about having less stuff and some you know people do still buy yeah, a lot also like the most stuff you own the most stuff you have to maintain you have to have the time 100%. and the resources to maintain yeah. that time like maintain those things so yeah <laughs> yeah and i think people of our generation are also very practical now like people aren't at least i mean i rem- i can speak for like friends of mine who who don't feel like um at least like some of them right who don't feel like i need to have a certain car or a certain type of house or so carry a certain type type yeah. of yeah you know that's also because our generation is like living on the credit economy right compared to our parents where they would like save like their idea of saving was different whereas now our generation just doesn't want any kind of liabilities to hold them back you know 100% they so they that's value a different reason altogether i feel like yeah. in some ways Yeah. They also value experiences more, That's right? True. I know I value experiences more, and yeah. like I remember a few years back, Nikhil and I made this pact that we're not going to buy stuff for each other on our birthdays or special occasions. We want to do interesting things, or we want to experience different things. So a lot of that includes for us travel, right? Mm-hmm. So we spend a majority of our money on just travel, which is which again is a whole awesome. different. topic about sustainable travel sustainable tourism yeah. that's a different topic but but then buying yeah, a new thing versus that, having building memories yeah also just that traveling by itself might not just solve like the anxiety around like stuff or whatever because you know traveling to what end are you is it like the kind of travel where you click 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 upload 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 and you know even mm. that kind of feeds into this whole negative uh cycle about you know just uh 
comparison on social media and you know just how social media in itself affects kind of permeate our lives and that's perhaps a different topic but you know no just i think to see how they all are related i think it is related because when you think about applications of minimalism right when you think mm-hmm. about applying minimalism to different aspects of your life one is the physical worldly possessions which i think we spoke a lot about but the other one is what you're saying technology and social media are you adopting a balanced and minimalistic approach towards how much are you letting uh, you know social media rule your life and 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 get in get sucked into this whirlpool of constant comparison of hey i've been to so many countries or yep. i've traveled so much look at all this travel i've done yep. like is that um that's not minimalism either right because yep. i guess in my because that's still bringing you anxiety and still having yeah. mind clutter so that's yep. totally not serving the purpose yep i completely agree and yeah i feel like part of our generation is getting like more aware of that but also mm-hmm. it's become woke in a lot of ways <laughs> to be it's like the new fad right like minimalism is the new fad you know i'm going to invest in experiences is a new fad almost but sure and also like wardrobe swaps like being green is a s- symbol of how woke you are and how cool and how progressive how, and how yeah, exactly. informed you are as a as a person right yes and like wardrobe swaps reminds me of um, you know just uh, hand me downs like how the generations before us were already woke right if you think about it because <laughs> a lot of what we wore was also like hand me downs and i think in the episode on growing up middle class in india we definitely spoke about how frugal and resourceful yeah. everybody was right we yeah, were always like, exchanging clothes i remember this one clothes. this one t-shirt or this poncho that you had which was made up of one of mummy's old sarees oh, i don't yeah. know if you remember that but it was I such a gorgeous that. poncho like that's true which is like cut her Katasari was and a black chiffon yeah bandhani chiffons tie and dye sari i yeah. love that yeah and and i think like that is also part of minimalism right being understanding how to be sustainable yeah yeah and then understanding like you know the barter system the barter system and that also like being green is both like oh you you know you're being environment friendly but also being minimalist at the same time like i think they go hand in hand in a lot of ways if you are mm-hmm. minimalist you are definitely a greener person um in terms of you know your carbon your footprint. carbon footprint yeah, yeah in terms of your carbon footprint and like it's it's the idea of having a circular economy versus a linear mm. economy right yeah, like, i think you spoke about this a little while earlier i think in the in the middle oh i did uh, growing okay. up middle class episode yeah no, that's interesting definitely. that's very yeah, interesting Something else I really like is the idea of the gift economy which is mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's in one of my favorite books it's called Walk On Walk Out and it uh, basically is a, a book that features some of the most radically sustainable communities from all around the world who are daring to live the future today and that's mm-hmm. pretty much like their tagline right and in that there's this whole idea of the gift economy where it's you're not really buying anything but you're just gifting things along the way to people so it's mm-hmm. something like the barter system but you're gifting things without any expectation in return whatsoever and gifting things that people really need need mm. and this is at the level of you know community or like at a village and it's a beautiful concept and i'd urge you to like look explore it more for sure so yeah i'll check it out i think the only other thing i want to add to this is like the 
application of minimalism in relationships too right where hmm. i remember growing up i was more about hey how many you know oh look at me how popular i am or how many friends i had but now it's again I, this is something i guess as you mature as you grow older you mm. come to the realization of like having quality relationships in your life over how many friends how, the quantity of number of relationships Absolutely. or acquaintances of people you have right and and like really investing and in nurturing those relationships where which matter and bring joy in your life and infuse positivity mm-hmm. or love or, or mm-hmm. really make you feel your best self right be it friends your family your mm-hmm. partner um people at work and applying minimalism in that aspect in a way like changed my life and in, in for the better right because yep. i i constantly think of who are the like four or five people who i want to hold on to versus like the rest of the crowd which yeah i was great hanging out but but that was it right that was a that was um i guess a relationship of convenience or that time or whatever mm-hmm. no absolutely um, i yeah. completely agree with you and balance I, is key in everything like you said earlier yeah. right you don't want to go either way yeah so. exactly i agree and i think that's a good way of summing up this entire thing i think yes. anything in extreme is like not healthy and i often reflect about this uh, even in terms of just how you and i are right as people i mm-hmm. feel like we're just so opposite each other <laughs> that's true in so many ways guys like you know as siblings often tend to be but we both are um, you know i think we both for the most part try to inform each other about um, how sometimes we might be being too extreme and push and each other to spots. be more yeah our blind spots and also like we both are striving to meet in the middle mm. uh, meet each other in the middle but also like just be more balanced people and yeah. i really find that beautiful the fact that i think we're getting closer and that's one of the reasons we do this podcast as well so it's been yeah. super fun <laughs> awesome guys it in is. the spirit of being minimalist we want to keep this episode quite crisp right so we're at 30 minutes and we definitely want to end it here hopefully guys we can hear from you about mm-hmm. um you know what you what are your ideas on minimalism do you do you prescribe to it do you not do you think it's totally cuckoo or or is have you already tried it like what do you think please please share your thoughts on it we would love to hear them um write to us on social media and gmail so so yeah uh, keep listening and stay curious peace out <laughs> Daisies, if you enjoyed this episode, then please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else you're listening to podcasts. Yes, and give us five stars, now, please. Not the chocolate. I meant the rating. Arthi, terrible, terrible joke. Very, very Come bad. Come on, you're horrible at PJs. You are the queen of PJs. What are you saying? Don't try. You're telling me. <laughs> no one knows what five stars is. Of course they do. Ta-da.